Yes, I'm ready now. Do you know what this is? Then close your eyes and tap your heels together three times. Are you with me now? And think to yourself, there's no place like home. 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 That is from The Wizard of Oz, of course, and this is Word Shop. And we open with that clip today because it's mid-semester, and, and we've been thinking Hammond, about home. Indiana. Uh, my name is Sophia Salvi, and I was born in Rutherford, New Jersey. Keith Roach, um, and I was born in Bloomington, lived in Bloomfield, Indiana growing up, and live in Bloomington now. My name is Kat McCourt, and my hometown is Chagrin Falls, Ohio. Hi, uh, my name is Stephanie Kim, and I'm from South Korea. We all come from various places and different locations all across the globe, whether it be South Korea, New Jersey, or a town in the Midwest in a state like Indiana. And as we get older, our relationship to home changes, and our definition of home starts to grow. This week's Word Shop episode explores this concept of home. IU Audio student Chelsea Barris brings us our first story. Dustin Smith has been working at Chad's Barbershop for four years. I'm giving this guy a faux hawk. It's a uh, blended mohawk. We're just going to spike up right here in the middle. He's got a wedding to go to today. Today? His brother's wedding. His clients come to him for designs, beard trims, special occasions, and even just a regular cut. Dustin is one of 17 barbers, and this is the shop owner and operator. My name is Chad Potts. Hold on. My name is Chad M. Potts. Chad started the barbershop 10 years ago and still loves cutting hair. That's what I do. <laughs> Chad did his first haircut when he was in high school. In 1992. It all started in a locker room where one guy. James was his name. I still remember it like it was yesterday. Was giving haircuts to everyone on the basketball team. As James was doing all of the cuts, Chad wanted to give it a try. I can recall that I thought, I think I can do that. And I remember I wanted to try instantly. And he said, have you done it before? And I blatantly lied and said, yes, I cut my cousin's hair all the time. Chad took a chance, held the clippers, and did his first cut. When I got done cutting his hair, it actually turned out better than everyone else's hair. He became the school barber, even being called out of class just to cut the guidance counselor's hair. Barbering served Chad well, and when he found out that his high school girlfriend was pregnant, it served as his way to earn money. I had gotten good enough that it was taking enough time that I either had to go get a job and try to prepare for what was going to happen in my life, or I decided I would just start charging for haircuts. Chad then entered a time where he didn't have a lot of direction. He tried college, but then dropped out. He said he was in a funk and bounced from shop to shop trying to find where he needed to be. It wasn't until he started working at a bigger shop that things became clear. He envisioned his own shop, what is now known today as Chad's Barbershop. He had found his path, and he turned himself around personally. And then something happened. This is probably the backbone of what has kept me successful and makes me get out of bed every day is, unfortunately, my mother passed away, and she was probably like my best friend my whole life growing up and everything, and like I was really close to her. Chad's father loaned him the money from his mother's life insurance policy to get him started with his own shop. It made it more meaningful than just starting my own, taking my own money, I felt if I failed, I was going to fail her, and um, it would never bring her back. 
obviously, but I just felt like the reason, the way I got that money, it was more at stake than a lot of people even realize that maybe even work here now about how this place got started. Now, Chad's barbershop is in full swing and is working at full capacity. 12 chairs and 17 barbers. Of those 17 barbers, 11 of them were former clients of the barbershop. And Chad takes great pride in their choice to join him in the profession that he loves so much. I'm honored and both humbled that they thought to themselves, I want to do the same thing he's doing. And I'm glad, I'm very thankful that I had uh, influence on their life like that. This is Dustin, Martinez, and Smurf. Chad's the greatest, the best boss around, as far as barbers go. He, uh, he does a lot of things for us that no other shop owners would do. Like right now, he's ordering us all pizza. He said one of his proudest days is when I bought my brand new truck, because I got it from being a barber. We're not co-workers, we're not employees, we're family members. And when you treat somebody like a family member other than just an employee, it goes a lot further. That person's willing to do a lot more for you and stay later and work harder. Do you think that because you know where you've been and where you are now, that that's why you want the best for your barbers? 100%. And he often thinks of his mother. I don't have any regrets, but sometimes I do wish that I was this person a little longer that my mom could have met this guy. Because this guy is a lot better than the guy I was for several years trying to be someone I wasn't, you know? Oh, you're just buying the next one. That's oh, it. Oh, there is telling. These 17 guys say they love working together, and Chad says he wants to do whatever he can to keep it that way. My goal is to have all of us be in heaven together. In Bloomington, I'm Chelsea Barris reporting. Chelsea Barris took audio storytelling last semester at Indiana University. So what is home really? Is it something we can make together with our friends? Like when we have friends giving? Where do you feel most at home? For me, I feel a very strong attachment to my family, so it really comes back to wherever the majority of my family is, which is currently Bloomington. You know, wherever my mom is kind of feels like home and that'll probably change as I go forward but certainly right now that would be my initial response. <laughs> I consider home to be Bloomington, Indiana uh, where I studied at Indiana University. Being here for almost five years now this has become my home and also my family has moved around. You know, My, my core family is not in Warsaw, Indiana anymore so that kind of has changed my perception of home so we're all kind of scattered throughout the country so now my home is where I live um, and so I've made this my own community and my own place. I feel like whenever I try to pretend new places where I live are home it it never really quite fits the bill so my home remains Chagrin Falls even though I haven't lived there since I was 18 and now I'm 30. I, don't, I wouldn't say Bloomington or 
when I lived on Martha's Vineyard before this, that felt like home. It's always one place. It's a place for me. For a long time, I considered Bloomfield, um, where I was raised and where I grew up, to be home. Uh, my parents live on a farm uh, outside of Bloomfield, which is this small 2,500-person town in the hills of southern Indiana. But um, then I got married and bought a house and had a son. And, and now, for me, Bloomington is really home. Jean passed away a little while ago, and so for me, it's weird to go home. And Jean was important in the sense that whenever, you know, I felt like I wasn't doing something right, um, it was comforting to have somebody who made you feel like you were on the right track. And not having him around anymore, it just kind of makes me question a lot of things and makes me search for something different somewhere else where I can call home and where I can uh, be myself and be who I am and feel comfortable in my own skin. I think a lot of people say it's with people or a feeling. For me, it's a place and I'd like for it to be the other way around, but it's not. Um, so home is, is that it's, it's like, it's the way that I know the lights turn and how long each red light lasts and one-way streets and businesses that haven't changed and the fact that my grandparents still live there that that can't change and I'd love for me to feel like Bloomington's home but it's a great place to live but it's definitely not home. So let us delve a little deeper into this concept of home and like how do we define home and how do we as individuals differ in our perception of home and what it's supposed to be. Don Guerra has been painting almost his whole life. You may even know some of his work, as he's been an artist for movies like The Devil Wears Prada. Until recently, though, he lived and worked in New York. But now, he's getting back to the basics in Bloomington, Indiana. Laura Schulte has the story. This is a sunset in the snow. Artist Don Geyer shows me around his Bloomington home. Really vibrant colors. And the thing of it is, it's a very emotional painting. He grew up in New York, but retired in Bloomington to be near his wife's family. And to return to the campus where he attended art school. Paint has an emotional value, and um, in my case... His love of the art started very early on in life. You know, when people would say, what do you want as a gift? I'd say most often either art books or oil paint or brushes. It quickly became Don's favorite activity. And from being a young boy all the way up until college, Don's focus didn't falter. And that's what led the New Yorker to start art school in Indiana. After two years of intensive study at Indiana University... Don packed up and headed back to New York, following the demand for fine art and a saying that his father had given him. His father was also a scenic painter. Oh, he used to say that as a designer, the greatest compliment you could have is to have somebody tell you, wow, these renderings are so beautiful, you should just be a fine artist. But when, you know, the rubber met the road, ultimately I thought, you know, I'd I'd like some security. I don't want to kind of be terrified all the time about selling paintings. So after a recommendation from his neighbor, Don got to work on scenic art. And I did these huge, very realistic paintings, and he used to come down and he goes, you know, you should be a scenic artist. You, you could have a good income and, a, you know, in, insurance and a pension and, you know, a whole life. So instead of painting large works of fine art, he started making large scenic portraits that helped make movies, commercials, and plays come to life. You're just, uh, the scenic artists in the movies are constantly making things work visually. 
in Broadway and opera, you're painting giant backdrops, you're painting the floor, the deck. Uh, sometimes you're painting props or aging props. Don and his wife lived in New York City and then in the suburbs, but eventually things changed. And the scenic art world wasn't happening for me anymore, and the town I was living in had changed a lot and wasn't, nothing was anything. I was just living in memories because none of what I really liked existed anymore. He said that even his favorite drinks were getting expensive. $2 became 7 or 8 The places that Don loved were starting to disappear. And as a third-generation motorcycle rider, Don decided it was time to move somewhere with more open space and less expensive living. He says Bloomington has changed a lot, too. But still, there's still the open fields, and you can get on a motorcycle and go for a really nice ride here without having to ever stop at a traffic light. Motorcycle rides haven't been the only thing taking up Don's time, though. Since settling in Bloomington, he's gone back to fine art. At his home studio, he blasts classic rock and paints what he sees. Sometimes really loud music can kind of help your focus. Now I'm back to just doing pure fine art, which is where I started. Well, being back in Bloomington is a mixed bag for me. I can't get any real work in what I do. I mean, I get sporadic faux finish work. I just did something in the Wiley House, and I occasionally get something from backdrops for the, you know, for the opera. That's bad because it's it's hard to earn any money here. You know, it's like making lemonade out of lemons. Not that this place is a lemon by any means. It's just nothing's perfect, so you do your best and you find your way. In Bloomington, I'm Laura Schulte. On today's episode, we have heard from folks who say, yeah, you make your own home, through the things that you do, the groups you join, and the friendships you foster. But others have said, no, home is where you were born, where your family is, or is from, or even where you settle down and make your own family. So at the end of the day, if you had to explain the phrase, home is where the heart is, to a 10-year-old, how would you do it? Ultimately, home, home is, is where, where you feel most, it's where you feel most, most comfortable. comfortable. Um, whether your family is there or not, home is where, it's where you, feel you feel most, most comfortable. comfortable. Home is where you can be yourself and do do you. Wherever they are, wherever I can be with my family. The place where when you're there, you, you kind of relax your breath and where you don't have to make sure that everything's okay because you feel safe and whether that's a feeling of the location or the people you're around it's just something that almost feels like weather in California I would say it's like weather in the spring where you don't even realize it's weather because it's just around you and it feels so comfortable um weather in California is like um it's like home to a 10 year old that's kind of funny but that's how I feel like it is it's like when you don't realize it's there that's what home is 